they don't really respect the bond between a man and his dog. Both 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 the dog that he cares for and the dog he has inside of him. <laughs> Everybody has two dogs in their life. <laughs> Hello and welcome in to another week of the Stadium Experience. I'm Jake Elmsley, Jordan Moment here alongside me, and depending on what platform you're watching this on, you might have realized that this is the first ever video paired with visual behind the looking glass seeing us episode of the Stadium Experience. That's right, we've we've added a, a, vid- a video component here, so you can find that on... The YouTube I have yet to create. It'll probably just be the mm-hmm. Stadium Experience YouTube. Uh, the TikTok I have yet to create. Okay. And most likely on my own personal Instagram. Jake underscore Elmsley. I had to check quick. I don't remember what my Instagram handle is. But You tell me you tell me the Stadium Experience doesn't have an Instagram? No, no, no. Maybe we'll make one. I don't know yet. I, I haven't made the accounts yet. I wanted to I wanted to get the content. I thought it would be a little bit I thought it might jinx me if I make the accounts before I get the content. You know, that's probably a bad mm. idea. But I mean, Jordan, do you have anything to say to the people now that they can, they can, that some of them can see you live in the flesh? Uh, yeah. So this is this is our multi-million-dollar production. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know, Jay coming to you live from the a, a poor imitation of Jerry Jones Bunker during Absolutely. the twenty twenty one draft. And Absolutely. Then me and, in Brighton, Massachusetts. I have a team of a thousand standing right behind me. Jordan has about... You can see my hats in the background. That's good. Those are very important. Of course, only for some people, though. Again, if you're listening to us on Spotify or Mm -hmm. iTunes, thank you. But you can't see us. So that may be a detriment. That may be a advantage. I don't know what you're into. I don't know how you care for us, but... There you go. Maybe Where you can like mold mold faces out of our out of clay, like the girl in the Lionel Richie video. <laughs> exactly. So that's us. We're live, and uh, you can see us. Another thing that's visual on the physical plane has been Patriots training camp, which mm-hmm. again last week we came on. We talked about a lot of the negative stuff, a lot of the negative reports about. The offense not looking good, the, well, not the defense looking good, but most of it hinged on the offense looking very poor, the, just like the O-line not functioning, Mac having a tough time, except for, but, now that we have a preseason game behind us, the Patriots have had now two days of joint practices with the Carolina Panthers the last couple days reportedly reportedly things are continuing to at the very least follow an upward trajectory the reports out of camp especially like after the preseason game which did not look like an abject disaster which was my biggest fear not that a lot of the starters played but that didn't look like a disaster and so far the Patriots have looked fairly good offensively in camp there's still been stumbles there are some reports from like Alex Barth mentioned that, like, Mac Jones, there have been points when Mac's been sped up. I know that yesterday, well, Tuesday, we're recording this on Wednesday, we post on Thursday. But Tuesday, Mac had a pretty bad, had a really bad interception that came when he was kind of running around in the backfield and had to heave one up. But, so there have been bad spots, but things have 
reportedly looked better. Also, what uh what they've looked like though, Jordan, is um is it's an adjective for fights. They've been they've been a little scrappy. There's been there's been a lot of fights at camp. <laughs> there's been like four different fights in like two days between the Panthers and the Patriots, which are, who are apparently the greatest rivals of all time and mm. apparently have a massive amount of beef with each other. I don't know if it's anything to do with the with the Brian Burns, Mac Jones situation. That's been the entire thing. But either way, just there's been they've been fighting here. They've been fighting there. Like players have been like falling onto the Panther sidelines and like coaches have been shoving them and then they've been getting in the fights and then like I think Christian Wilkerson got knocked down at one point and, like some dude was standing over him and then that led to like a 25 person brawl and then <laughs> dudes have been getting kicked out so I don't really know what to make of it I don't even know if it's really worth Really means anything, Jordan? Do you do you think it do you think it do you think it means anything? Is there any deeper meaning behind the ninety different fights that have happened in the last couple of weeks, in the last two days at well, Patriots me, camp? You know, like I can reach in, you know, pull out my my gri- my grizzled sports vets take. Mm-hmm. Be like you know, these guys they're they're showing a lot of passion. Mm-hmm. They're leaving it all on the field, a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, they're stick they're sticking up for each other, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I don't know. Dudes are just <laughs> they're just beefing and fighting. Why I don't know, they, but they just are. It's that intense AFC East NFC South rivalry. Yeah, I guess this is just—I mean, this is the first time I've ever really been hearing about it to like disagree. But, but like, it's I definitely guess, a guess, lot. Like, it's like a, it's more than like a normal amount. Like I've like I've yeah. been to joint practices before. Like, it's there's more fights than like a normal amount of fights in a joint practice. I yeah, maybe the, I think just because like the the sports cycle is slow, media sort of just honing in on on these on on the joint practices because i was hearing similar things out of the uh the Packers saints oh joint practice and okay a few other places because i was seeing like mike reese saying like oh no, no 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 it's 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 never been this bad i i this is getting to a point where like it might not be overly productive but maybe maybe okay here i have a theory i already formed a theory jordan mm-hmm. maybe it's a Maybe the Panthers are very upset that the Patriots sent Brady to their division. <laughs> that might be it. They're like, you know, we had we had easy living for a long time. We had the Buccaneers. They were just the Buccaneers. They were nothing. They were they were laughing stock. They were one of the losing losingest franchises of all time. But then you folks, your coach over there, could swallow his pride. And give that man a contract that he wanted. So now he comes marching into our division. And now do we have to play twice a year? We got we got an actual bonafide Super Bowl contender in our division. Yeah. And we're gonna take it and we're gonna take it out on you. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, the, the Bucks without Brady are still probably the best team in that division. Probably still the best team with that division. Yeah, fair, which I would say because which is fair to say because the second team in that division is literally just a decently constructed team that has Jameis Winston on it. So, yeah, I'm willing to make that. I'm willing to make that leap very easily. But, yeah, so I don't know if that's it, but they've been fighting. They, they've they been they've been scrapping. They've been, they've been brawling. 
They've been they've been showing a lot a lot of heart, showing a lot of uh, showing a lot of a lot of energy. But otherwise, again, fairly fairly good reviews for the Patriots from it. The offense has looked good. Again, they've said like there have been issues, but the the important thing is that the offense is progressing. Has been the thing that I've read. I've read the run game still had a little bit of trouble. It's still kind of getting that worked again. The pass protection has still been spotty, which still possibly goes to the idea that the O-line is just not, is still not really there, especially not with the rest of the offense. We talked about that last week. I, I don't know. Again, I have another outlandish, outside-the-box theory that maybe it has something to do with Matt Patricia being the O-line coach, but that's that's just no. probably no. insane, clickbait, outlandish sports take guy. You know, probably nothing, but... We'll, we'll put which we talked last week. We I want to offer an amendum. Last week we talked about you know is it the O line? Is it like the coaching from Patricia and Joe Judge? Completely forgot that Matt Patricia is actually just the O line coach. So the answer to that to that either or is just a yes. But mm-hmm. bad all around. It's been that the defense has looked very good. That's kind of the other thing I wanted to talk about. We didn't talk about the defense a lot last week. The defense has apparently looked great. The the run defense, which you would think would be the thing that would be getting carved up in a training camp with Christian McCaffrey, you know, while he's still healthy, he's yet to go down. So for all you fantasy players out there, he's still he's still uh, he's still still playing. Nothing yet. Gotta no- keep the hope alive. Nothing yet. Nothing yet on CMC. Let me tell you. Nothing yet. Fingers crossed. You got the number two overall pick in your draft. You know he's still there, but apparently the Patriots did a very good job on him, which. Again, the run defense was their biggest gap last year, even when the defense was good. But they've been doing good in camp so far, which, you know, maybe last week when I said maybe they just have the greatest defense of all time, and that's why the offense is struggling. Maybe that was true. But the run defense has looked good. They've been doing a good job on McCaffrey. Even described as dominant by some. But they've done a good job with that. Apparently the, for whatever reason I've been, I've been caught. The thing I've been reading constantly has been like Jalen Mills fire Jalen, Jalen Mills propaganda, I guess would be a word, but reading a lot of uh, positive stuff up uh, a lot, a lot of smoke being blown up the, um, the behind of uh, Mr. General Mills himself. But, so, you know, there's your number one corner, Patriots fans. Get get excited. But no J.C. Jackson, but baby, we have the guy who played next to him last year who was already being probably um a little bit overutilized as a second corner is now your number one corner. That's progression. But, you know, Jalen Mills has just been looking great against that, uh, that dynamite Packers passing game. But Jalen Mills has been looking okay, and you, you know that court that quarterback depth chart still is real, real, real sussy. Real, real sussy. Not, not okay, on paper, not looking good. But again, we'll we'll continue to say positives. We're saying positives right now. I've been reading good things about uh, Marcus Jones and Jack Jones, the uh, the third round and fourth round rookie that they drafted, both corners. They've been looking good, which is nice. Maybe they hit on a cornerback in the draft. But they've been reading good things. A lot of Jonathan Jones playing on the outside. But the big cornerback news, 
as I'm just kind of just kind of doing a big roundup because I don't I don't have any grandiose takes like I did last week about the Patriots. Although I'm just kind of trying to just, just kind of wrap around everything. The big news out of there has been that Malcolm Butler's on IR, which. So he's going to be missing the whole year. It's a whole year IR kind of situation. Malcolm Butler's out for the year. And uh, I got to say, I'm like, I'm definitely less concerned about that. Like, it definitely does not bother me nearly as much as it would have, like, at the beginning, like, coming into the offseason. Because, again, like, Malcolm Butler hasn't been playing as one of their starting corners. Like, he really hasn't been one of their key guys, at least, like, in practice. It's been, like, a lot of Terrence Mitchell, who to me is at least on like in like the same echelon of Malcolm Butler at this point is just like veteran corner that they brought in you know this offseason when they just when they lost JC Jackson and have now just been throwing as many darts at the as many darts as possible at quarter bringing Malcolm Mitchell bringing Terrence Mitchell did I say Malcolm Mitchell you did say Malcolm Mitchell. ah god forever in our hearts but bringing Malcolm Butler bringing in Terrence Mitchell drafting two guys you know they're, they're trying in every way besides just, you know, signing your number one corner that you draft and develop yourself in J.C. Jackson. But whatever. Jonathan Jones has been playing outside a lot. He's come back. I don't like that's something that they might be exploring is like five, eight Jonathan Jones being an outside corner, which I don't like the idea of that. I'm not sure I love, but, you know, <laughs> that's that's something that they're exploring. Excuse me, five, ten Jonathan Jones. But, you know. For for a great slot corner, Jonathan Jones didn't play last year. He was hurt, but back now, a lot of him on the outside. Which at first, a lot of people were saying, "Like, no, 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 they're just like first couple days of camp. You're trying, you're putting guys at a bunch of different spots just to get him some reps, let him learn. Like, you know, that way in case he has to step in there, he can." It's been like the whole camp. <laughs> it's we're we're still here, so that's yeah. Maybe maybe you can make that work against like a Tyree kill or something. Like a, like a smaller guy, not saying court, not saying caliber of receiver. I'm saying like size of receiver. We're speaking purely from a vertical perspective here. Okay. But you, yeah, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm hoping the plan is like when they come up against like a, a big man, a, a, a taller fella, we'll, we'll call him that. The plan isn't to, to, to trot Jonathan. Dudes of, dudes of a Cooper Cup stature. <laughs> I, I hope the plan isn't to uh, put John again. Love Jonathan Jones, great player, real good at what he does. But yeah, you know, I hope he's not there for the big guys. But anyway, then again, you know, in your division, Tyreek Hill, not super tall. Stefan Diggs, a little bit taller, only a six footer though. He's not he's not a huge guy. Maybe maybe that there's some there's some there's some kind of thinking there. But either way. I got to tell you again, like, there was, like, there's a permutation. What I'm saying is, to get back to the Malcolm Butler thing, like, there's a permutation of this where maybe Malcolm Butler didn't make the team. Like, he was, it seems like he's competing for a roster spot with, like, three other guys. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, do, do you think that Malcolm Butler is a big loss, Jordan? I mean, a little bit. I mean, I'm not quite sure how many corners they have on the roster right now but i think just for death or mm -hmm. maybe you want to run some fancy wancy package and you mm -hmm. might want to have an extra corner maybe mm -hmm. have two guys play the nickel i mean you can it, it, call it a dime jordan a reason to keep around an extra corner oh absolutely i mean I, like i said he's like he 
assuming that he can come back and play, because obviously there's also the, the chance that he comes out that he comes out of a year of retirement and, and can't play. But I've always been a big Malcolm Butler guy. I've always been like a I've always been a Malcolm Butler apologist, like even going back to like his last year in New England where he was not all that good. But nevertheless I don't think it w- I don't think it would have hurt. That's, no, that's my point. No, it wouldn't either. But again, you know, I'm saying like coming into the offseason, I was like, okay, like Malcolm Butler, like, like they kind of need like him to like be like a, a representative starting cornerback for this uh, defense, for the secondary to have any chance. Just looking at the depth chart, but now a little bit removed from it. Some of these other guys have looked have looked better than I thought. Terrence Mitchell looked okay. Again, both the rookies, the the Joneses, the jo- the Jones. Joneses. You know they're they're looking they're looking pretty good, so you know that's five corners right there, and maybe maybe, maybe they can get by without a Malcolm Butler. I don't know. Or they're gonna go up against the passing offense that isn't the Giants in the preseason game and the Panthers in joint practices and uh, get lit up. I don't know. Probably, maybe not. We'll we'll, we'll see still, what Lamar does to them week three. <laughs> that that'll be the test. Still still leading towards it. Still still leading. Still leading towards probably not the good. Oh, you want to talk about Lamar in week three? Let's talk about let's talk about the let's talk about Tyree Kill week one. Like, oh yeah, yeah let's put that, this like Jonathan be... Jones on the outside against Tyree Kill to the test thing week one. Like, I mean, <laughs> baptism by fire. That's what you're playing twice a year, maybe three times a let's, year. <laughs> let's let's put it to the test week one. You give me, uh, you know, week two against the Steelers with uh with your man George Pickens. Hey man, he's. I am a George Pickens enjoyer, huge, huge supporter. But you, you know, you know, he might do all right against the Packers and their tremendous wide receiver core. I was gonna say, actually, looking at the Patriots, like the first half of their season, they actually have a pretty easy run of, uh, of at least quarterback wise. Uh, week one, you're playing Tua. Week two, you're probably playing Mitch. Week three, you got Lamar. Week week four, you got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but then week five you got you got you got Jared Goof. Week six you got you got Jacoby Brissett. Week seven you got you got, you got the Bears, and Fields, you know man. in a week eight you got maybe Zach poor, Wilson. Poor dude. <laughs> you got maybe Zach Wilson who's like surgery went pretty good, or if that gets a setback maybe uh, maybe Mister Flacco. But. At the very least, maybe the secondary gets kind of a soft landing to start. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's all it's all good stuff. We're saying good stuff. You know, a lot of good stuff coming out of camp. It's coming from people who I would trust to say the bad stuff. So, at the very least, like if we're putting um the meter on screen, which I'm not going to do in post for the visual component of the stadium experience. You know, we're now from like a. From like a threat level midnight to like a threat level I, I don't know like 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 eight forty five mm-hmm. in the evening seems about right like be- better better you know again they're ev- they're they're evening it out and again I say this I'll keep saying it since we we reacted to the negative stuff we really reacted to the negative stuff we put we put stock in it we talked about it I'll put stock and talk about the positive that's the only fair thing to do I know you're shaking your head, Jordan. I know you're doom and gloom about the Patriots this year. And I can't blame you. And I can't blame you. I, 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 I can't blame you for it. But these are kind of the – it's kind of a wrap-up. Again, only – only we don't have a ton a ton of stuff right now other than like, oh, God, Patricia's going to be the OC. 
or maybe Joe Judge is still they're still playing games about the play calling, which is really fun. I got to say, I love that. They're really keeping me and you, Jordan. By me and you, I mean opposing teams and coaches who are like panicking, trying to figure out who's going to be the play caller for the Patriots. It's really affecting their game plan. You know, you know what, Jake? I, I think I, I think I have a hot take for you. Oh, okay. You got a certified sports take? Yeah. You know, I don't I don't think it matters who's the offensive <laughs> coordinator. Okay. Because they're both terrible. Okay, you don't you don't think it matters who the play caller is. You don't think that no nope. the uh, the you don't think that teams have to do that extra prep on Matt Patricia, on Matt Patricia play calling tendencies versus Joe Judge play calling tendencies will take away oh, well. just enough from their preparation that it lets the Patriots kind of get a uh, kind of get an advantage. You don't think that's going to be a factor, Jordan? I think. What well, I, I think I, you I don't, don't know football. Joe... If you think I don't that think Joe Judge has any play calling tendencies, he certainly has to have something. <laughs> I'm sure if we if we did the horror of going back and watching like the last two and a half years of Giants offense, we'd 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 find tendencies. It, it'd be it'd be throw Daniel Jones. Well, no, no, and and and. Well, and actually, who's, Jordan, who's who, who's their running back? Well, no, 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 Jordan, it's Saquon Barkley. Yes, but actually, Jordan. Well, let me put you this: actually, Belichick's actually going even okay. further. We're idiots. I'm. We're fools. We were just talking about their play calling tendencies. Neither of these guys have ever called offensive plays. Actually, now that I. Mm. At my it, dumb duh, they didn't even call the offensive plays. So actually, Belichick is playing 5D chess by instead of you know doing the beta virgin move of bringing in an established play caller with experience running the type of offense we want to run like an idiot. He's bringing in two guys. One has maybe a year of experience on the offensive side of the ball, coaching-wise. One allegedly played quarterback, like, in in college a little bit, but otherwise been a special team guy his whole career. You bring them in, then there's no tape on their play-calling tendencies, and then you have them install a brand-new offense that neither of them have ever run. Sit down, Bill O'Brien. Your services are not needed. Jordan, I'm really glad you said that because that was something else I wanted to mention. I thought about this like five minutes after we started recording last week, and I was really mad at myself. How much better would we be feeling now if they just somehow find a way to finagle Bill O'Brien being in here? Which I, I, feel, I feel a lot better. Which I advocated for, did I not? We talked, you, you kind of laughed at me. You're like, oh, Bill O'Brien. I'm like, I'm telling you, it'll be fine. Like, it's not that, it's still just like bringing back his old, like it's still Bill Belichick, bringing back all of his old coaches who failed somewhere else. But at least I you're mean, br- you're bringing him back. You told me the alternatives. <laughs> at least you're bringing him back to do the thing that he's good at. Let me tell you, I was I was all in on the bring Bill O'Brien back train, and we weren't recording that. But I thought about that, and I'm like, this would be so much better. Every every single thing would 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 just would just you just you'd have to feel you couldn't possibly feel be- feel worse than you do now. You couldn't possibly. You'd be like, oh, man, Bill O'Brien. Like, maybe we'd be saying, like, oh, maybe you could have, like, found somebody new, maybe. Like, go dig up, like, uh, find, like, a, a McVeigh assistant. Like, just some, somebody somebody with some new ideas. Somebody with a fresh perspective. Bring him in. We'd probably be saying that. We'd be having that conversation. We wouldn't be having this conversation where we spend 15 minutes um, taking a really long time explaining the fact that neither of these guys have any idea how to call plays offensively, and I've never done it. But... Oh, yeah. No, God, I'm so glad you brought that up because I almost forgot to mention it. Yeah, I know. Like, if Bill O'Brien was here, we're at, like, we're at, like, threat level, like, three in the afternoon. 
because right now the entire conversation around this team is what the hell is who? Are they, what the hell are they doing with on the offense? But maybe Bill O'Brien wouldn't come back unless they made him the coordinator. And Bill Belichick has declared war on coordinators. He he has he has abandonment issues. It's it's real possible. So he's he's been hurt so many times that he just can't trust. It's true. Uh, another offensive coordinator to come into his life, and or really, defensive coordinator, really, really, really have him open up and be vulnerable, and, and have a pure connection with him, because he's scared they're just going to leave him yeah. again. And that's why he brings like them all, all the back. Ones. And that's why he brings them all back when they leave. He, he brings back all his toxic exes that were no good for them, <laughs> him, and no good for anyone else. It, it's it's a it's a real it's a real vicious cycle. Bill Belichick's and he he. T- it is. It's just, you're, you're laughing, but it's true. It's what he's doing. It's what he's doing. Like it, it's on. It's literally what he. We're like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, bi- listen, Bill. Like O'Brien, he forgot your birthday. Like O'Brien, like he wouldn't text you while he was out with your while while he was out with his friends and wouldn't tell you that you know when he got home. He he'd leave you unread sometimes. A lot of bad stuff. We get it. We get it, Bill. You know. He's been kind of floundering since he left you, but come on. He doesn't treat you like Matt. Come on, Matt's a real bastard. Matt tried, Matt's gaslighting you on the reg. Bill, mm-hmm. Bill just had some growing up to do. O'Brien, he just had some growing up to do. It's real hard to do this bit. But yeah, no, I, my God. Yeah, can they, can they get him back now? Like, can they just get him out of like that Alabama contract? I, I, it might like, be a little bit too late now. I, like, I'm not leaving that if I'm him to come do this, if I'm Bill O'Brien. Absolutely not. Honestly. But, <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. Like, it would be so much better. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, we're sitting here, like, months later pining for Bill O'Brien, Jordan. And we're right to do so, I think. I think it's unabashedly, like, it's you're crazy if you say you're crazy if you say otherwise if you if you say you would not feel better about this team if if bill o'brien was the offensive coordinator you're you're lying you're lying or you're not paying attention if you're somebody who follows these things too closely like i do jordan told me that we didn't need to talk about half of this but i wanted to (laughs) i i sent jordan the rundown and it was like 15 like bullet points of like patriots camp minutia and then he was like hey um The college football rankings just came out. Do you want to talk about that too? <laughs> There's a lot of uh, interesting national stuff, and I'm like, fire, just throw it on, fine, we'll talk about it, whatever. And let me get back to reading my like fifth camp report of the day. Jesus Christ. Fine. I'll go back to watching my Jack Jones tape. I yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna be their backup slot corner, Jordan? This is what we gotta discuss, but but yeah. Um I'm really glad you mentioned that because I was thinking about it. literally it was like Either right after we started recording or, like, the next morning when I was driving around, I was like, ah, there's a Bill O'Brien angle. Ah, there was an angle on this. We didn't take it. But we just did. And we love talking about Bill O'Brien on this show. He, he is a favorite. He He's a star, honestly. But, yeah, no, uh, please, co- please come back, Bill. Please, please, Bill. We didn't realize how good we had it. We swear. We'll change. We won't, we won't bother you anymore. We won't be so needy, Bill. We swear, Bill. We're going to – t- you're right. We're crazy, okay? You're right. Our friends, they're toxic. They're mean. They, don't, they, they, they make us do bad things. We'll stop. We won't go out with our friends anymore. We swear, Bill, okay? We promise. We love you, okay? See, you're the only person to ever make me happy, Bill, happy Bill O'Brien. <laughs> 
without you, life just has no meaning. It was ne- it was never about Josh. It was always about you, okay? God, I hope Josh McDaniel slams out with the Raiders. Fingers crossed. F- fingers crossed the Raiders go like go like 11 and like 20 over the next two and a half years. And, and Josh can just come back. Please, please, buddy. I, I, you know, you never know about those Raiders. I've, I'm, I'm done believing that the Patriots are going to get new coaches. I'm beyond that. I'm not, I'm not asking, I'm not asking for the moon anymore. I'm not, I'm assuming nobody new is going to come around. You know, like the, the closest we're going to get is like a Gerard Mayo becoming like a coaching candidate. And even that, like that barely counts. Like I, I'm done expecting there to be new minds added to this, right? That's too much to ask. Just at least bring, at least like take the old minds and have them do the thing. Like I want a jo- judge to be the special teams guy. Nope, second play caller, I guess. Maybe he's like being groomed to be the OC when Patricia come, becomes a head coach. Who knows? Oh God. Oh yeah, let me tell you, baby. You looking forward to it yet, Jordan? That's a feat worse than death. No, oh, it's it's very probable. It's not impossible. But I mean, I think I'd take almost <clears throat> anything else. <laughs> you know what? You're gonna have a bad time then. You're gonna be getting you're gonna go to bed hungry then, buddy. Is can we bring Brian Flores back? I wish! I wish they did it! <laughs> I was ruined if, for if, it. If, if he doesn't take over Mike Tomlin's job, yeah, I was like ruined for four it. Years. Nope, they didn't, they didn't. I was like, God, at least come on, just bring we're bringing everybody back. Let's just bring back. He can be like the the third defensive coordinator alongside Gerard Mayo and like both of your kids. Like I've just again, I've stopped accepting that the Patriots will have anybody else come out of their system that is not former players, former coaches, or a Belichick spawn. That's that's it. That that's that's the system now, baby. That's 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 all it is. We're not again. I'm not expecting them to go be like, hey, like wide receiver coach for the Rams. Like, why don't you come into our system? We'll give you a little more responsibility. You know, kind of a bright young mind, new ideas. We want to install a new offense. Nope, not hoping for any of it. So uh, that's really all my thoughts, except for a lot of good Tyquan Thornton stuff. Been reading a lot of good stuff. Watched a nice video of him in a one-on-one. Caught a touchdown in the preseason game. Apparently had a, a lot of good grabs against the Panthers, which is good. That's pretty good. Which is good. Tyquan Thornton looking good. You know, maybe maybe good, the good value. Good maybe value. the Patriots finally just hit on the white. They, they have to hit eventually. Like. Like, it feels like, like, with the amount of good receivers that come out of every draft now, like, it, it, if you keep taking shots, like, they've just got to, like, accidentally get one right at some point, right? Like, I don't, like, even if you don't believe in Belichick's ability to draft wide receivers, which you're a fool if you don't believe in it, how could you not believe in it? But even if for whatever reason you don't, it's just, it, it just has to be a numbers game at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just drafting dudes who are, like, relatively considered to be, like, top, two, three-round picture. You got to get somebody eventually, right? Maybe they finally did. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, uh, and final Patriots thoughts. Uh, I, I like, uh, you know, the, the joint practices are important. They're, uh, they're good. You, you, could, you could do all types of situations. It, it, it kind of makes the fact they even have a preseason game against the same team kind of weird. I got to be honest. Like, like, as much as I'm, like, a preseason apologist, I I will say the fact that you like practice with the team for like three days in a way that is like probably more like is e- pretty easy to say more valuable than like the preseason game itself because obviously in a joint practice you can you you, you can run any situation you want like you can in a normal practice but instead you're playing against an actual other team 
you can run any situation you want. You, you can just be like, hey, we want to do like a two-minute drill, but like we're on the 50 and we have like one timeout. Let's run through that. Like we want to do like we got to go 80 yards in 30 seconds. Like you can concoct any scenario you want, and that's part of the value of these joint practices. It's kind of weird that you do all that. And then you also then just play like a random preseason game that Friday. It's they they should just do that instead of the preseason games. It, I I understand why why everybody why everybody under the sun comes out and is like oh yeah the joint like the joint practice is where like the real work gets done and also where all the real fighting gets done. But I don't know any any final wrap up Patriot thoughts, Jordan. If you don't have them, you don't you don't have to you don't have to try and find one. I'll, I'll forgive you. It's, it's, uh, you know we'll see we'll see when the season begins. We'll see how they play this first month. Uh, September will determine a lot of their season. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they if they if they go by two and two three and one, eh, if they're like one and three or you know heaven forbids zero oh and four, mm, <laughs> not good. Where uh, where we we start we start pining for we we put up we start pining for Bill O'Brien even more. We we've yeah. I I'm willing to begin that process, Jordan. I'm willing to officially get on my hands and knees and begin the Bill O'Brien pining process. But two, two and two is the most likely outcome because they're they're probably not beating the Dolphins because why would they? <laughs> and then they're definitely not beating the Ravens. We'll 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 see. We'll we'll see, we'll see when we get there. But that's yeah. that's everything on on the Patriots. Uh, again, kind of just a scattered amount of takes. But next, I don't even know how to transition. Sometimes, so something an article that came out on on Monday in GQ that I just. Something that was, I feel, tailor-made to discuss on this show, Jordan. I I feel like this is very, very much in our specific wheelhouse. A niche that we have yet to find the audience for, quite frankly, which is which is the intersection of a biting, very analytical, very intelligent, I say, sports talk, and, like, yes. random memeing about anime. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever, whoever falls into, like, that Venn diagram... Somebody falls in that niche, and that is an article in GQ, which is titled, the title of the article is, How Naruto Helped Zion Williamson Through the Toughest Year of His Career. And the article is, in fact, about how, apparently, Zion Williamson, currently of the New Orleans Pelicans, is a very, very, who, a very, very big fan of Naruto, which I did not realize that he has a shoe line based around it. But the entire article is of him going to, I, I believe it was either, it was a Comic-Con. A Comic-Con, and he was like on the panel about Naruto. And it's just this whole article is just all about how Zion loves Naruto. How it's like helped him get through like this past year where he's been hurt and then he's been fat. And he's gotten hurt again because he weighs too much. And then trying to lose weight and that being a whole struggle. He's been like, I look at, just been talking about how important Naruto is to him. And this article has it has a quote, Jordan, that I, I, I told you not to read the article because I want to read it to you myself. Mm-hmm. And that is as false. Okay. It's just talking about Zion and his shoes, like his new, like, again, like Naruto line of shoes, which oh, look pretty good a lot of them. But the, 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 uh, the quote is. NBA players often use sneakers to carry what matters to them on the court. 
Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics famously writes his son Deuce's name on every pair of sneakers he plays in. International players will take the court in player edition of their country's colors. For Zion, finally getting to lace these shoes up this season holds a similar resonance. From what I've been through to get to where I am and what I go through to this day, he says, Naruto has always been there and always will be. Which, to me, I think Jordan really goes to the quintessential idea that a lot of that uh, I think everybody should live by, to which there are three important things in life, which are a uh, country, family, and anime. <laughs> oh man this is a fantastic i love i love this article this article is incredible unironically oh it's incredible there's, there's a photo he's like going up on the thing he has a he has a big minato robe on he um he gives his he gives his starting five jordan okay do you, do you want to hear zion's um starting naruto starting five sure okay so these aren't listed with positions so I'm just going to go with the assumption that they're going like one through the five based on the list. Okay. Okay. So the list is, so you, you got, you got Naruto at the one. You got a, you got okay. a, you got a Tachi at the two. Okay. You got, you got Jiraiya at the three. Okay. You got a, you got Minato at the four. Okay. And uh, at the five, you got the first, you got Hashirama. Okay. Which um, y- you're missing a lot of height because Naruto's like five four. Did you know that? If you look up his official height, it's like five four. There's no way. But it's I'm I'm telling you, it's it, I'm telling as, you as like as like a twelve year old. No, 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 like as like an adult. No, he's five six. I, excuse me. He's five he six in Shippuden. So yeah, how, everybody because everybody's short. Else? Everybody's short if you look up like their official heights from like data books or whatever. Every, everybody's tiny. Can we just scale that up by like six inches? Yeah, Sasuke is also fu- like every everybody, everybody's short. Everybody's everybody's kind of tiny. But anyway, point is that's okay. that's his starting five. Which the thing I wanted to talk about, Jordan, the thing I wanted to kind of get onto with this is that after listing his starting five, he says that he compare he thinks that the first Okage most resembles Jordan, which. Jordan. Okay. I disagree with, and can I tell you why? Why do you disagree? I think that the comp for the first Okage should be Bill Russell. I just think that's the easiest. He laid the groundwork. Really far in the past from a lot of the, you know, current contenders, current greats in the game. Uh-huh. But, like, fundamental. Like, some people's goat, lot, lot there, right? And you know what makes it even better? If the first Okage is Bill Russell, that means that Madara can be Wilt, which also works extremely well because Wilt could never beat Bill Russell, not even once. Very talented, very good, maybe had a bit of a selfish streak in him, held him back from achieving his full potential. Okay. So, also then... You then have to, have, but then also it invites a discussion from not me, but from other people of how great were the first was the first Okage, how great really is Madara, when really you can argue they were just fighting plumbers in the first Shinobi World War. <laughs> they kind of, they kind of were. You I know, Izuna Uchiha, plumber. First Mizukage, kind of a plumber. 
Anoki? Maybe a plumber. I mean, they didn't really have. I mean, dude, dudes back then, they weren't really hitting the way they do now. The like, skill level was just so much different. You know, it's just, it's just a lot to talk about. I'm just. At least a lot of people argue that. I don't. I don't argue that. I I fully push back on that. I think when you look at the greats of any era, they're great no matter who they were against, and they just had to win in their era. And my God, did they win their era? But I don't. I don't know. I just I just wanted to call Azuna Uchiha a plumber. Honestly, that was the entire genesis of that. I don't. I I respect that, but uh, I I don't I don't know if I uh, if I agree with his one through five listings because I don't I don't think Hashirama can should play the center. Well, you see, what if he can summon the giant uh like the giant the giant Buddha statue though? Maybe, but I think. I, I mean, I think he'd be more of a slasher. I think he should play the three. I, I, I don't like Jiraiya at the three. Again, I don't know if these are listed positionally, but I'm just, I'm just, infer- I'm trying, I'm just saying they are for the sake of the conversation. I like, I like Itachi at the two because mm-hmm. Itachi would definitely be a spot up shooter. Crafty. Yep. Real skillful. He'll just stand and stay in the corner. You know, mm-hmm. you won't even notice he's shooting it. Pick his spots. He'll Absolutely. A lot, lot of off ball movement. Just, exactly. just slipping right behind you. You don't even see it. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't definitely, love. Definitely, definitely get lost in rotation. Absolutely. I yeah, I don't love. Really, just find his way behind your screens. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine, imagine like you go, you see him in the corner, you see him get the ball thrown to him, you see him get in the corner, he goes to shoot it up, then he just points like over to the top of the arc, and he and he disappears, and he's actually there. <laughs> he's actually got the ball at the top of the arc. But yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't love Jiraiya at the three, but you know, I respect it. But anyway, for the sake of the metaphor, because I thought about this a lot today, I think actually Minato's Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Minato's Jordan. Because then it goes, he's the great Naruto I had to live up to. Okay. Right? He trained something of Does a successor. Naruto LeBron? Well, then? let me finish. Let me finish. Yes. Okay. It makes Naruto LeBron, but what it also makes... What it also makes, Jordan, <laughs> it also makes Kakashi Kobe. Because he learned from Jordan. No, I'm serious. Because he learned from Jordan. Okay. Was one of the greats in his era and kind of kept the seat warm until Naruto was ready to assume assume the role of greatest in the world. Okay. It All works. Right. <laughs> and that's as far as I went with it. I The second I tried adding anything else to it, it blew up and I stopped. And I quit while I was ahead. And I think we should quit while we're ahead with this, too. But the, the, the other extremely notable thing here in this article is that Zion estimates that around 80% of players in the NBA are into anime. But they just won't admit it. And that, I think, begs the question, Jordan. Since we're a sports talk show and we like talking sports, mm-hmm. I think the most important question to ask from that for the discussion of for this thing of how media intersects with culture and society and athletes role in that. I think the most important question becomes what's LeBron's favorite anime. And I have an answer. What is it? So I think the answer is, I think LeBron kind of just likes what's popular, right? LeBron just kind of feels like a guy, you know, he doesn't, he he likes to fit into the mainstream, I think, which is worked out for him. It's smart for him. He wants to be as, appealing to people as possible so you see image he's given out has been that 
his that the answer is probably just Dragon Ball or Naruto or some, something real basic, right? Nothing wrong with it, but just, I feel like LeBron has a very basic answer. However, Jordan, I think if asked, the he will tell you the answer is Evangelion. I was literally, I was literally <laughs> thinking of a way to make a joke about saying Kyrie's favorite anime is Evangelion. You see, Kyrie's unironically is Evangelion, but he doesn't get it at all. Absolutely misses on it, makes it very obnoxious. LeBron tries to say it, not because he thinks it, but because he also wants the same kind of like weird intellectual clout. At least that's my answer. And again, if you are in the very, very, very small minority of people who this weird niche intersection of topics is for, you understand both sides of what we're saying. I think you'd agree. <laughs> if you're not, I apologize for like the last 15 minutes. Why well, I haven't even explained what Naruto is, but. I mean, ideally, like I'm fine with Naruto being the point. You definitely want Itachi at the two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't love at Naruto the at the point, honestly. I think that like Naruto should be the three. You should have like Shikamaru he at the point. The... You should have like somebody more heady at the one. Facilitating. You know, okay, all right, okay. You know what I'm all saying? Right, I like that. I you know, like, that. like get like Shikamaru at the one. Yeah. You know, I was, I was going off, I was going off of like just Zion's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm contrasting. Maybe like Min Minato can play the one because he can like. Yeah, you that's know, fine too. That. He's, he's a smart guy. He can, he can move very fast. And yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, the special kunai that no one else has. Yeah, yeah. Why, why not? I'm, I'm rocking with that. But yeah anyway so that, that's it zion zion loves can, anime he can, he can teleport the ball to people no oh, he puts a seal on it absolutely you know but yep zion just talks a lot about it talks about like just apparently he was like doing doing trivia at like this thing and he was just blowing people out of the water dudes like couldn't answer his questions i'd like to have zion on the show and see and see if he can if see if he can stump me on some naruto trivia i gotta be honest with you I'd like to go, I'd like to play one-on-one -on -one with Zion on that front, but, but no, he taught, like, it's, it's a good, like, it's, like, it's, like, we're making fun, like, we're, we're not making fun of it, we're just kind of rambling about Naruto now, but he talks about, like, you know, this is another quote, as he's often done at difficult times, Zion turned to his favorite show for guidance, I asked him if there's a point in Naruto's story that he feels synonymous with where he is right now, he says, his answer is immediate. He says, well, the point I'm at right now is where Sasuke went rogue. All of Naruto's friends and teammates came to him and they're like, dude, you have to make tough decisions if you really want to be Hokage. And he's just talking. I, I don't know. He's just talking about like I was having a tough time lately and he's struggling. And, and he just likes to see that reflected in somebody. I don't know. It's good. I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely happy to read this as as somebody who, who sees quite a bit of value in, in <laughs> somebody who likes anime. That's it. I'm happy. I'm glad Zion likes Naruto. That makes that makes me happy because because if he likes Naruto, I I can like Naruto, and I hope maybe all these other NBA players can also like anime. Zion walk up to uh, you know, Lamelo the next time he saw him and said, "I'll inherit your hatred." <laughs> exactly. Every time the Pelicans play the Bulls. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, and he's like, I don't know. He just talks about like, like, damn, like Naruto had the weight of the world on his shoulders at sixteen, and and so did I in a lot of ways. He's just like me. 
So, you know, good good for Zion. Good article. Go go read it on GQ. It's it's Was he also was he also fighting against a a global terrorist organization? Yeah, pro- basically. Trying to trying to steal his uh his 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 his, his demon creature sealed inside of him. Yeah, probably basically. Same idea. Mm, who's the demon creature and who's the global I, I, I don't know. I, Jen Jordan, I thought about these things a lot today and I can come up with yeah. good answers. I, I'm trying hard not to get too bogged down in this. Is, it would be... is the Akatsuki a metaphor for uh, the, Duke uh, Scouts? The, 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 uh, the NCAA. The of the black bodies by American Jeez. sports. Yeah, industry. the NCAA, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Right. There's right. some meat on this bone. We're not going to go into it, but. We, we call. Back- I don't. And if these were the old days, would this 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 turn into like an hour right now? <laughs> we're trying like, to be this is better. Where the show would be over. We're really trying to be better. This is the kind of topic in the old days I'd put last because I'm like, well, when we have about an hour to kill, we'll just we'll just do this for an hour, and it, and it won't be good. It won't be concise. Maybe there'll be some good bits, but I'm not gonna just pull those out. But you know, it's good. I hope that like Lamelo or somebody makes like a Yu Yu Hakusho line of Jordans or something. Those would probably be pretty fire, honestly. Trying to cop like the He A ones, Jordan. Absolutely, with with that colorway. Those yes. would be re- those would be really fire. So, finger fingers crossed. That's where this goes. But damn, those would be crazy. Imagine they have like, like the like the dragon of the darkness flame like going along the sides. Yeah, just just. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get you some some nice purple on there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, maybe like like a purple I, which trim. I think is like the only colorway the ones aren't available in. Exactly. Nice like purple trim. Maybe like the the soles are purple too. I'm not sure. You know, kind of let the design let the design team get in on this, but yeah. So that's happening. Um, anything else important happen in the world of basketball? Not really. Uh, oh, LeBron signed an extension today, like ten minutes before we started recording today. So. We we want to touch it out a little bit because I I don't I don't know I like talking about basketball, not just when it comes to anime, also just basketball in general. We we kind of by the way we're, if you've tuned out we're back to sports. We've we've okay. come all the way around. We've we've shown willpower. We've shown an incredible amount of restraint, and we've come we've come all the way back around the sports world. And LeBron signed an extension today, which is pr- pretty significant because of all the things this does. By the way, he signed a two-year extension today, so he will be a – he'll have a – him and Anthony Davis now both will have player options in the 2024 to 2025 season. The extension is worth two years, $97 million. It can go up to, like, 111 with uh with a player – with uh, excuse me, when the salary cap goes up. LeBron is now the highest-earning player of all time. Apparently, Durant had overtaken him for that, and now he's overtaking Durant. So, there's for LeBron and – it creates about $20 million in cap right now, I think. It now gives them some cap space, which I don't really know what they can do with that space. But more importantly, next season, next offseason, the 2023 offseason, the Lakers will now have another max slot. With the Russell Westbrook contract expiring and literally every other contract on their books expiring besides Taylor Horton Tucker and something called Max Christie. And Taylor Horton Tucker is a team option. No, it should be a player option. But... Either way, they'll have max cap space next offseason. And if anything, I think what this does is that now I could understand if, like, the Lakers have been a little bit hesitant to, like, trade whatever remaining assets they have because of the fact that LeBron was not under contract at all for next season and hadn't signed an extension and, you know, was kind of, didn't seem like he really wanted to. But 
now that LeBron has, I think if anything, this at least like what whatever hesitation there was, whatever reticence there was in the Lakers front office to trade like, you know, the 2048 first round pick and 2055 second round pick and like a t- ticket on the rocket ship to Mars that they had left. They now, if I were them, I wouldn't be hesitating with now. I, I like at this point, like you can go all in, at least knowing that you have him next off season when you can maybe sign somebody and probably will be able to sign somebody because they are the Lakers and they can fail their way in the superstars. And that's just the way the world is. But like, if they were hesitant to like use the 2029 first, which is not a joke, that's a real one that they can trade. You know, if they if they're willing to trade like uh, the fifth grader as like something to grease the wheels and like a Kyrie for Westbrook kind of swap kind of dealio. Now they can do that. Now they can just sign somebody. So good news today. Good. I mean, good news today. If you're the Lakers, I mean, I never really thought LeBron was going to leave the Lakers for anything shy of like a one year retirement retour with Bronny. Like if that's a real thing, which I don't even know if that is a real thing. Maybe it is, but because while there are like plenty of basketball destinations that make a lot more sense for LeBron, I just can't imagine like LeBron leaving LA because clearly LeBron went to LA not for basketball reasons, like purely because he went there when they had like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, and the boys when they were like all children and it wasn't really working out and they weren't a great team. But he made it well, A, because they had the assets trade for Anthony Davis, so that'll resolve itself. But also, because I just pretty like LeBron just clearly just wants to be in LA. Wants to do famous people stuff like make make Space Jam three, God uh, do other things. I just can't really see LeBron leaving LA to go play for like the Grizzlies or something. Even though again that would probably be better basketball wise. But now they locked down the Lakers at least can operate knowing. So I, I don't know, Jordan. You have any you have any thoughts on how this affects LeBron's legacy? Uh, I wanted I wanted to make a correct co- correction. You said that the Lakers will have. 12 million not 12 20 million dollars in a cast space but i would like to infer that they will have 67 million dollars in cap space once they drop that russell westbrook contract because that thing <laughs> that's 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 priority number one oh, now oh i'm saying they have it right now like right now i believe they have because somehow extending him creates money god knows i don't know how it actually works next off season russell westbrook's contract just ends and they're gonna have a lot they can't of do another year of that. Oh, they might have to this season. It's, they, it, it was simply intolerable to watch. I, if you actually want to have the Russell Westbrook Lakers conversation, I'm still of the mind that if if they cannot flip him for like either Kyrie or like somebody else's bad contract, it might fit a little bit better. At this point, the Lakers only scenario where maybe they can contend is well a it's lebron and ad being healthy because i think we're really downplaying the lakers a little bit because like if lebron and ad are healthy like that's they, 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 anything's possible but i mean ad's never healthy and lebron's kind of old he yeah. can't play a full season but anymore. like if they're both healthy like then that at least if they're both like at full tilt by like when it matters like a eh, team you can you have you have as good a shot as anybody just because those are two like when both those guys are healthy they can play like top five players but which I hate, which I hate to say, but LeBron, LeBron's thirty-eight now. He can't. Also led the league he, in scoring he, last he needs, year. He though. needs some load management. You know? Oh, I, d- listen, he played. He played fifty-six games last year, but also either led the league in scoring or, but he a- he averaged thirty point three points per game last year. He set a career high in points per game, Jordan. No, excuse me. 
second best year mm-hmm. points per game last year. Like, but oh no, dude, dude can still play. No, he's 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 playing the best <laughs> basketball he's ever played. But I don't th- I don't think he's physically able to play a full no. eighty two games. And but, I think he'd tell you that. Yeah, which is what which doesn't even matter, right? Because if he plays forty yeah. games, he's healthy for the playoffs. Who cares? But. I think the only way the Lakers, like with just how barren their roster is, the only good scenario for the Lakers is like a scenario where like Westbrook plays and they somehow like fit the square peg into a round hole and somehow find a way to make it work, which includes like Russell Westbrook having like a complete shift in mentality and approach to the game of basketball and approach to his own I mean, ego as to have it. A, a massive ego death in year 16 exactly that he that needs to happen but otherwise this lakers team just russell westbrook just like being given the john wall treatment and being told to go home doesn't can't get it done just i don't i don't see it so i mean it's a better it's a it's a better option than having making him trying to play and then oh i disagree again I, everything ruined i i still i just still say like that like the like for them to have the ceiling that they want to have they need to like at least like entertain or trade him again maybe now again maybe now they feel better and whenever the net situation gets resolved they can then like turn around and like flip him for a Kyrie thing and like send picks and feel better about it but why would the nets ever oh because why would any team take russell west oh because it's not actively taking well, because then you well for the Nets specifically because you're getting out of like the extra years of the Kyrie deal. Westbrook's contract is done next year. You get a pick, you get whatever, and then you can just say Russell Westbrook, just go home. You're John Wall for us now, or we'll buy you out or whatever. We just we just traded for you as like a bookkeeping mechanism and to get some like picks. That Russell Westbrook again. If anything, he's a forty-seven million dollar expiring contract. If anything, do any other team but the Lakers, Russell Westbrook is like a mechanism to get out from a variety of bad contracts. That being said, if I'm the Lakers, I almost I almost don't do it. I almost don't do any kind of Russell Westbrook move because now knowing that they can have max cap space next offseason, they should be patient, which they were not when they traded for Russell Westbrook, when they really shouldn't have. They should not have done that. It was a bad idea from the perfectly st- fine. It was a bad idea from the start. They traded role players that fit just fine, but they they had to do it. They had to get the star. I don't know what it is. It's a Lakers thing. It's a LeBron thing. I don't I don't know. They had to do it. It was always a square peg in a round hole, and that square peg did not fit into the round hole. And now they could they could just they would kind of be punting on this year, but I think the Lakers with a max caps with a max slot. With LeBron, with Anthony Davis, big threat in free agency. I just, no matter what they do this year, if they are the eight seed, if they are a play-in team this year and losing the play-in, I still think that, like, the Lakers with LeBron and AD and a max cap slot, like, like they, they, they can get somebody. I know that's always the Lakers thing. Lakers people will always tell you that, but I believe it. So I think, like, investing it now and getting, like, a Kyrie and locking yourself in and dealing with that nonsense Maybe just, maybe just, I, I don't want to say punt on this year. I say still credit. Maybe just try and, and bear with the Westbrook thing for one more year. Or John Wallum. He, he cannot play anymore. If you really want a John Wallum, you, re, you really want to. John Wall can still play somewhat. Russell Westbrook, he has absolutely almost nothing of any <laughs> appreciable value left. You see, 
I still think Russell West. I think Russell Westbrook could make a bad team in eight seed still, but I think the problem is Russell he Westbrook. Could. But you see, the problem is Russell Westbrook can also make a good team, like a contending team in eight seed. Russell Westbrook. He's like he's like the Big Ben of the NBA. <laughs> kind of, in a way. He can he can make you just good enough to not be bad, but my God, does he cap your ceiling? My God, does he put a put a sky? No, that doesn't make sense. That would lower. That would up your ceiling. He puts whatever blocks the ceiling over a ceiling, like another ceiling. Yeah, you get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, a, I get. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm picking. I'm picking. I'm picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are my building metaphors, but yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Good, good for the Lakers. I mean, you know. So now next offseason, inevitably, like somebody will go there. And it'll it'll be annoying, and and LeBron will win and get what he wants, and won't have to suffer for the for the bad choices him and his team have made. And you know that's just that. Buddy got a big contract, so God bless him. You know, good 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 for LeBron. I I don't. Or they'll all be healthy and they'll all get along again. Maybe maybe tomorrow Russell Westbrook wakes up and realizes that he has to just just change who he is entirely. You know, it could happen. There could be the complete ego death. Uh, I mean. It could if that does happen, then the Lakers they are in, they're in, they're in business. They're in, they're in a better slot, you know. I still don't like their role players. I still don't like the way they've constructed the team. It feels really, really easy to build a team around LeBron. It it feels like the formula is is really obvious and really there, and the Lakers have just absolutely completely avoided doing it. For whatever reason, they're like, no, no, we don't, we don't want to bring in just dudes who can shoot and play defense around LeBron. That's, that's too hard. That's, that's silly. We're gonna bring in ball dominant stopper point guards who can't shoot and sign more of those guys and then sign more of those guys and do mm-hmm. nothing else. And that's our plan. And this will work out for us. And everybody's on board with it. And yeah, I don't know. Any, I think that's about enough for today, though, Jordan. Any closing thoughts for the good people at home? Uh, no. Uh, shout out to LeBron. That was <laughs> man's getting paid. Space Jam three is in pre-production. Is it actually? I don't know. No. He's in multiverses, though. He is. He, you can play as him in multiverse. He is, in fact, a fighting game character. He is now a property of the Warner Brothers company. LeBron is now a property of Time Warner, so go La frame trap. <laughs> La edge guard. Go so go use go see go finally answer the question of who would win in a one v one. The classic debate we've all been having for for really what feels like decade almost decades now of who's stronger, who's better, who's a better winner, uh, LeBron or Shaggy. Go go find out, and again uh, follow the. Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube channel that I haven't made yet. Next week, as long as this all works out, we don't have any audio editing snafus, I'll be able to give you those. Be able to give you those accounts. So wait for those. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.